This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. It is the Mark Madden Gambling Podcast. Tim Benz and Tom Offerman in for Mark today. Glad that you're with us. Tom, let's start with the big trade of the day. Brittany Griner for an arms dealer. I think Joe Biden could have gotten more. What do you think? I think Rob Palenka was the one uh, actually negotiating this deal. Yeah, I mean, how did you not even throw in a player to be named later if you're Joe Biden? You have all the leverage here, and you just completely let them walk all over you. Bad deal, Tim. Bad deal. Even Micah Parsons is out there. Ripping <laughs> I the saw that. Who had that on their bingo card this morning? I didn't. I mean, everybody in Pittsburgh, of course, is pissed off because of Mark Fogle. Everybody wants to bring him home. and right. They should just go get him if they can't trade for him. But for the love of God, even Neil Huntington got Kyle Crick in the McCutcheon deal, for crying out loud. <laughs> no, this stinks like a fleecing and a, a all-time fleecing of this decade, to be honest with you. All right, Tom, let's get to some other gambling-related items. We start first and foremost with the Penguins as they go head-to-head with the Sabres over the next couple of days. You mean the uh, Fighting Cage my, Thompsons? Yes. Did you hear my gambling tale of woe about the Columbus Blue Jacket game where I bet on the game twice <laughs> and then I forgot that I had bet the first time. So when I bet the second time and I realized it, I was like, ah, I know what's going to happen here. If I leave both bets in and <laughs> – Granted, they're at Bet Rivers, so hey, good for me. I was betting with the right outlet, Tom. Yes. But if I leave b- both bets in with Bet Rivers, we know what's going to happen. There's going to be a late empty net goal, and I'm going to get screwed. If I remove one of the bets, then I'll probably still hit the under, and I'll just lose like three bucks on the cash out. So that's what I did. So I guaranteed that the Blue Jackets would not have a late comeback in the Penguins. I took one for the team. Um, I, I took away the prospect of an empty net goal, screwing anybody else who had the under like I did. I took one for the team there. I won money, just not as much as I accidentally could have won. What was the what was the bet that you pulled back on? You had the under, but then what was the other one that you had that you were like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna cash this one out? No, it's stupid. I bet the same bet. You bet twice the under twice. Could, oh, okay, very yes. good then. Well, I could have I could have won the under <laughs> twice because I was stupid. But I was at least smart enough to realize I was stupid 
And I saw that I bet twice, so I said, you know what's going to happen? If I leave both bets in, just cosmically, (laughs) I'm going to lose. (laughs) It's going to go way over. We really nailed that Penguins-Columbus game on the Tuesday edition of the Mark Madden podcast, though. You were all in on the under. You had maybe different reasons than actually played out, but all that matters is that you hit on that under. And I was big on the Penguins' puck line, minus one and a half. I was a little bit too uh, trepidatious there, though. I should have gone minus two and a half, maybe even minus three and a half, and really boosted those odds up. So we nailed that well, Penguins was, Blue Jackets game. Yeah, I was only partially flat out wrong in my analysis for the Penguins and Blue Jackets because I did say where I was inaccurate was that it was probably going to be at the under because Geno was sick, Sid was sick. If they're going at not 100%, right. then I don't like the overhitting, especially at six and a half. But I also did throw in there the Blue Jackets just don't score, and the only guy who does is Gaudreau, and what happened? <laughs> well, there you go. So I was right on that front. Now, what do you think about this weekend with the back-to-back games against Buffalo? I mean, generally speaking, especially if Tage Thompson is going to hit overs on his own after getting, what, five goals five last goals. night? insane. And, and four in one period, correct? Yeah, and a natural hat trick, too. So if he's going to do that with a day of rest, then I think maybe over in the first game, and I always like under in back-to-back games if you're switching venues like this, and uh, that's what the Penguins are doing, even if it's just a short drive down from Buffalo. Yeah, I, I love that strategy as well. I think the under in a back-to-back game, especially when it's a back-to-back game featuring the same teams, is a safe bet. Uh, I would split if you're going to bet a side, though. I'd split it up. I'd go Sabers tomorrow night at home in Buffalo, and then I'd take the Penguins to win the return trip to Pittsburgh on Saturday. Tim, I'm really high on betting the Penguins at home, and sometimes you're not going to get an appropriate juice there. That's when you lay that minus one and a half. They're very strong at PPG Paints this year, and most times they win by more than one goal in those games. I wonder what the individual goal lines are going to be. I don't see them posted yet, but I'd love to see see the goal. Yeah, the goal lines for Crosby, Thompson, and then when Dallas comes to town on Monday for Jason (laughs) Robertson, I've been talking about him nonstop for the past week and for good reason. Uh, I just want to see Robertson play Thompson again. That's what I want to see. Yeah, it'd be fire. It would be like ten to ten heading into the third period. It's insane to watch these young goal scorers in this league. Uh, Robertson's translating into Dallas being successful. It's weird that Buffalo is kind of stuck in neutral despite having this emergence of Tage Thompson. Don't you agree? Like, I feel like the Sabers have finally gotten to the point where they can turn the corner and start to gain ground on becoming a playoff team started really well this season and have kind of fallen back to that middle of the pack that they've resided for the past couple of years. I agree with you on that. In fact, I was talking about that with Mike Rupp. I felt funny saying it, but I was like, well, why are the Sabres struggling? And the easy answer is because they're the Sabres. <laughs> but, you know, they started off the season great, and then they just fell into a morass, and they haven't been able to entirely get out of it. I'll tell you a game that I like tonight, Tom, and it's for very specific reasons. I like the under six for Kings and Maple Leafs at plus 102. And the reason I like that is, and I think Matt Murray is playing. If he isn't, then scratch this. But if Matt Murray is playing, he's just not giving up goals. Matt Murray has been great lately for the Maple Leafs. Uh, He's got like a 2-5-3 goals against and a 9-29 save percentage. He's Second in one category, sixth in the other. He's in the top five to eight in just about every significant goaltending category. He hasn't had a lot of qualifying stats entirely yet because he's only got nine decisions, right. but he's six, one, and two. And I'm telling you, 
that deal is working out better already for Toronto than I ever anticipated. I thought that was a terrible move by the Leafs. I thought Murray was pretty much shot. Of course, I'm saying this and he's already overdue for another injury, but barring injury, and we use that phrase with him like we do with TJ Watt, yeah. but barring injury, uh, I think Matt Murray has really proven his worth so far for Toronto. He definitely is. I would bet on him getting injured before the season's over. It's just a matter of will he be able to come back 100% healthy playing like this when it's playoff time come April for the Maple Leafs. But this was their biggest need heading into the season was they needed better in the goaltending spot. They're good enough to win a Stanley Cup everywhere else. I don't know if they've solved it. If they get this Matt Murray, it will be solved. And you got to feel good about this as a Pittsburgh fan how could you not have a soft spot for the guy winning you two cups like he did and seeing the downward spiral that his career took after those two cups? I'd root for the guy to get back on track. And like you said, for the Maple Leafs, this is a dream come true for them because this was their missing piece. And now they get a guy who's not only playing extremely well, but they know has Stanley Cup pedigree come April, May. By the way, if you want to bet on Tage Thompson to win the Richard Trophy, it's plus 650. Robertson is plus 250. Of course, McDavid is the favorite in all these. Right. Here's an interesting one. If McDavid should go down to injury, just as a for instance, you throw a few bucks on Jason Robertson right now, it's plus 900. Oh, my God. And, the, the only per, and McDavid is minus 275, of course. So McDavid at minus 275, the only guy between him and Robertson is Leon Dreisaitl at plus 800. But if McDavid goes down, obviously Dreisaitl's production goes down too. You bet on Robertson plus 900. That could be a nice little moneymaker for you. Do you think that you sprinkle some money on that line right now and you have a chance even if McDavid doesn't get injured? Or do you think McDavid just wire to wires this thing if he stays healthy? He wires to wires it. Wires to wires it? He wires to <laughs> wires it? Either way, he's going to go wire to wire and do it. Um, I could see, though, a scenario like, for instance – in the Hart Trophy, where it's influenced by opinion. If people are sick of voting for McDavid or just see him get all the stat trophies and want to give it to somebody else, and Dallas is really good and wins the Central and goes into the playoffs with a number one or two seed, Robertson's plus 375 right now. Mm. And there is a wide distance between McDavid and Robertson and everybody else. McDavid to win the Hart is plus 105. Robertson is plus 375. And the next closest guy is Matthews at plus 1,300. Yeah, McDavid's just going to get the heart, and he's going to get the the Richard. Just, he never gets hurt. He, I can't remember the last time that the guy hasn't been on the Nobody ice. Nobody can catch him to hit him. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think you'd have to worry about him missing any significant time on the season for the Oilers. Tim, another individual goal over I would take in the games to come is Alex Ovechkin's. He's at 795 oh, yeah. now, sniffing around 800. Gordie Howe, 801, second all-time. I, I get the sense that once Ovi gets t- near these mile markers, you know, the 800, 801 passing the second time, he just turns it the hell on. He had two goals last night, including an empty netter. Uh, I would be inclined to see Ovi, if you get him at .5 goals, take the over a lot in the next couple games. Sid plus 2,300 to win the heart. Let's get to football. Steelers minus 2.5. Uh, that's at minus 113. So it's moving Boy, that down. line has moved. Yeah. yeah, that line has moved. It went from... Uh, the Steelers at minus three with plus money to minus two and a half at 113, which is right around where I got it after I moved it from plus right. three, or sorry, minus three to plus 
um, where it was plus money down to minus money at two and a half. So it's right. I think I got that at minus 120. So I probably should have been patient if I was going to move it. But that's where it is. If you want to play them straight, it's minus 148. The over-under is 37. And I just find it hard to bet unders when they're that low. I just feel like you've got no wiggle room. You get one special team's fluky play. You get one pick six at the end of the game or a strip sack in the end zone or something like that as a team is flailing to try to come back. And that screws you on the under, even if you sniffed it out for the better part of three and a half quarters. Yeah, with a line like this, this over-under, I like to think contrarianly because it kind of makes me think that, oh, 37 so low, the Steelers play crappy football games, the Ravens' offense has been terrible the past couple weeks, and now they have Tyler Huntley. Oh, that under's obviously going to hit. You know, Joe Public is going to think this is an easy win. So I'm going to zig, and I think the over is my play in this game, more than even laying the two and a half points for the Steelers. I I see this being a weird scratch-your-head, how-did-that-get-to-40-points kind of game. Betting on the underdogs with double-digit numbers has been a key to success all year in the NFL. There are currently three games that are nine and a half points or more. There's only one double-digit game, and that's the Texans. See, like, I always have this problem. It's like, do I take the Texans against the Cowboys? Because I know the Texans are dreadful at plus 16 and a half. There's just something about taking my hard-earned money and putting (laughs) it on the Texans that I can't bring myself to do. But on the other side of that coin, I can't bring myself to lay the 16 and a half against the Cowboys because teams get bored late in games. Sometimes you let the back door open. Houston scores a garbage time touchdown. Davis Mills is back in for them. I don't think that he's the next reincarnation of Johnny Unitas coming to help, but I think he's an upgrade from what they were playing with Kyle Allen the past couple of weeks. But this is, like Mark likes to say on this podcast all the time, Tim, this is a classic don't bet it at all game. Just stay the hell away from it. There's too many points on either side of the direction to feel confident either way in it. You know where I'm confident? Bengals minus six at home against the Browns. Yeah, we were talking on our Countdown to Kickoff show last night about that game, and Matt Williamson, our colleague, said that he thinks the Bengals are going to kill the Browns. And I, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical. I I worry that there's just this this having of a number between the Browns and Joe Burrow's Bengals, but that always happens until it doesn't, right? Like, Penguins always beat the Capitals in the playoffs. Well, until they don't, and then the Caps win the Cup. So the Sands are running through the hourglass to steal a Tomlinism on the Browns' win streak against Burrow. I, I think they win. Covering the six, though, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical on that. One line that's getting a lot of attention Vikings and Lions. Vikings plus two and a half underdogs at Detroit. Tim, I love the Lions in this game. I love laying the Lions. I do. Like, because everybody, again, going back to the contrarian thought and Joe Public looking at that and saying, how are the 10 and 2 Vikings getting two points? Thank you, Vegas. I'll take free money. It ain't ever as easy as that when it comes to gambling. I, I think they know something here. I think the Lions are playing great football and the offense has been outstanding. I could definitely see the game going over, even though it's at 52.5. That's a pretty high number. And I, I think the Lions beat the Vikings. I, re- I, I I love the Detroit Lions this week. See, I like the Vikings there. I also like the Raiders tonight. And I'd suggest yes, I love the Raiders tonight. Can on this because I think the Raiders are going in the right direction. I think the Rams have mailed it in. Um, if you're looking at 6.5 right now, now's a good time to play that yes. because I think it'll go over a touchdown soon. It'll go over a natural touchdown soon at 7. So 
Well, geez, I know people will listen to this at different times, but the way we're staring at it right now, it's at minus 115 in favor of Vegas. Uh, that's where I'm going. Yeah, that offense is legit. It just had a very tough start to the season, uh, and the Rams being injured everywhere. There's no Donald. There's no Ramsey. Good luck stopping Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams without your top two defensive players on the field. Yeah, and I'm trying to look for another sneaky one. There's nothing else that really jumps out at me as a boy. I got to play this. Um, the Jets getting a, a ton of, folks, of points against Buffalo is interesting just because of how good that Jets, yeah. that Jets defense is, you know? I was thinking about one of those, like if you wanted to tease the Texans and the Jets, yeah. give yourself like six points on either side of that one and get the Texans to, to, within, to above three touchdowns <laughs> and, and take the Jets beyond like, you know, a, a – two touchdown game yourself like that that could work out in your favor i'm thinking about the bucks against the niners the, niners. the bucks you're taking the niners you're no, 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 no 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 i was just saying the matchup yeah. I, I would be leaning towards the buccaneers plus three and a half in that game brock brock purdy they're going to yeah. figure him out after a week of scouting him and you know watching the rest of that dolphins game and that, that's a really good buccaneers defense I don't know about Monday night yet. I'll play Monday night when Monday night rolls around. But if I'm looking at Bill Belichick against Kyler Murray <laughs> with the Cardinals basically going in the tank here as the season goes along, um, I could see him gaming a lot and not paying attention to the Patriots defense and Belichick figuring out some way to confuse him. How about you? Oh, absolutely. I would take the Patriots in that equation. The Patriots are going to be that team that every week – when they lose, you think they're done, and then they're going to win the next week. And they're just going to kind of stay at that 500 range and be in the race until the end of the season. Another game, though, Tim, we were trying to look for maybe some sneaky ones. I like the Titans minus four against the Jaguars. The Titans are coming off of two straight losses. Vrabel plays the AFC South really well. I could see this game being that classic, like, Titans win 20-13 to kind of game. I'll give you a college basketball play for tonight. I'm calling Duquesne and Marshall. The over-under is 152. Mm. That's not too high for these teams. I'm telling you, they both score. I like Marshall and Duquesne over the 152. Um, I think right now Duquesne is averaging the second highest point total per game of any team in the A-10. Marshall still gets up and down under Dan D'Antoni. They still play that uh, open system. So I'm going with Marshall and Duquesne over 152. The Dukes, 7-1. Your Panthers, a heartbreaking loss mm. to Vandy last night. Did you watch it after we got done with our show? I watched every minute of it, Tim. Uh, I'll say this. If the Pitt teams from years past played as terribly as they did last night, they would have lost by 45 points. So good on them for at least having the talent to stay in a game when you've just played dreadfully. Uh, foul call at the end, and you never really see those called with 1.1 seconds left, but it was a foul, and the ref called it, and that's all she wrote. So I guess there's encouraging signs from Pitt basketball, but they're just going to be stuck in this kind of mediocrity at best for the foreseeable future with Jeff Cable. It, that program has been damaged so much, I just don't see it ever coming close to reaching the heights that it has in prior years. I always take the underdog in Army-Navy. And Army is a two-and-a-half-point dog. Army's good this take, year. I'm going to take Army at plus two-and-a-half. I'll take Army, too. I think Army's good this year. I think they're better than Navy. I, I think, again, this is kind of just you play on the public. 
a lot of just the casual observers always think that Navy's better than Army. And that's just not the case this year. So I, I like getting the points in that equation. I, I would have been honestly, honestly, I would have given points with Army, like a couple points in the other direction. So if they're going to give them to me, I'll take them and laugh. By the way, the over under in that one, whoops, I got to get back to it. I just lost it. The over under that one is 32 and a half. <laughs> that, that might be the lowest college spread I've ever seen, Tom. I'd take the over, would you? Oh, I'm going to take the yeah, over. You I might take the same over. game parlay that one. I might same game parlay <laughs> Army in the over. over. Yep, and then take Army plus two and a half. All right, Tom. Anything else you got to play of the week that we haven't talked about yet? My play of the week was going to be the Lions game. I, I, I'm telling you, Tim. When I see a line like that, and I've been bit by this in the past, but it doesn't make any sense at all. So don't question it and just ride the wave. There's no way the Lions should be minus two against the Vikings, right? Well, they are, and there's a reason for it. So just kind of blindly trust it. So my play of the week is going to be Lions minus two, and I'm going to hold my breath during the entire game because it is a little nerve-wracking. But I think you should feel a little nervous when you place a bet. That that I like that feeling. You, you shouldn't feel completely comfortable with the bet you're making because then you usually lose that bet. I'll give you a lock for this week if you can find it. And I don't know if it will be offered. Wait and see. But if it's offered here at Bet Rivers, Kenny Pickett over half an interception. Yes. He will throw an interception, and he will throw an interception because he's trying to force the ball to George Pickens. That's your over for the week. Couldn't pick a worse opponent to have a wide receiver begging for the ball than the Baltimore Ravens. Well, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles. But other than that, the Baltimore Ravens. They have 20 takeaways on the season. That's their bread and butter as a defense right now. They'll stop the run, and they'll take the ball away from you. That is the Mark Madden Gambling Podcast for the week. Tim Benz, Shirtless Tom with you. Mark is going to be back next week. Tom is in for Mark this afternoon and Friday. You can catch our podcast from Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at the X website. And you can catch my podcast, the Pittsburgh CityCast, from yesterday here at the Bet Rivers Network. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.